You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm super excited to have my friend Mary Shores here today. Mary and I got acquainted online a few months ago, and I just think the world of her. See, she's so much fun. She has so much wisdom to share, and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I have. So Mary is a speaker, an entrepreneur, and an author, and she has such an interesting story. So welcome, Mary. Hey, Melody, it is great to be talking to you again. I'm so excited. Yay! Well, so for those who don't know you yet, like I do, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Mary Shores, and I am the best-selling author of a book called Conscious Communications. The subtitle is Your Step-by-Step Guide to Harnessing the Power of Your Words to Change Your Mind, Your Choices, and Your Life. So I am just someone who, after a very rocky, rocky start in life, um, picked up my pieces, started a business super early on. I was only 24 when I started my first business, and I've now had 20 years of experience under my belt and feel pretty successful at the top of my game where I can now give back with things like writing and public speaking and, you know, helping other people achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve through their journey. That's amazing. So walk us through that journey of kind of becoming an entrepreneur and becoming a speaker and deciding to write that book. What did that look like for you? Yeah, well, so all of those things happened in a span of about 20 years. So I'll start with um, (laughs) starting the business at 24. So I think that a lot of people might picture that if you start a business, it's going to be, you know, coming from a super empowered place. And the truth is for me, like I mentioned, I had a pretty rocky start. So it didn't actually come from a place of empowerment. Um, I had been out on my own since I was 16. I had very little resources. I had absolutely no guidance. I still managed to graduate high school and take some classes at community college. But I had some rough times because I had a daughter who passed away when I was only 20. And she passed away after a very lengthy um, battle with brain damage that she had suffered since birth. And when I say brain damage, I mean, what this looks like is she was profound, like there was no hope. She was blind. She was deaf. She mm-hmm. was unable to suck a bottle. I literally, as this young woman, lived in and out of children's hospitals for like the entire year and a half that she was alive. Wow. So after that happened, um, 
I was working this job at a bank and I actually got let go. I got fired from the banking job. And so imagine, I mean, you got to kind of picture this like young girl, you know, this is bad circumstances, bad time in my life. And here, you know, I'm grasping like this job was sort of like a lifeline for me. I thought this job was going to be my future and they let me go. So I didn't feel very good about myself at all. And when I started my business, it was really more out of desperation. Like I didn't feel like I was worthy to get any other job. My peers at this point, they're starting to graduate college. And, you know, the only way I was going to compete in that world is if I took control of my own destiny, which is exactly what I did by starting my own business. And, you know, I didn't have anything. I I had no money. I had no resources. I literally started a business and just day by day, and I'm sure you've gone through periods like this when you got started as well, where I just did whatever came in my desk that day. You know, it's like whatever comes in, you take care of it, you handle it. Um, Things were really routine there in the very beginning you know, and you, you actively seek out opportunities for yourself. And that's what I did. And, and it worked. Yay. (laughs) So how did you get from there to what you're doing now? That's a great question. Um, The type of business I own is probably pretty unusual compared to most of your guests because I am actually the dreaded debt collector. (laughs) So I own a collection agency. And what's interesting about this industry is that it's right away people feel this like negative stigma towards anything debt collections because there's all these, you know, stories on the news about abuses and all of these things that, that go on. I'm sure you're familiar, right? Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you, they're all true. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm not kidding. They're, they're all true. Like what goes on in this industry is absolutely inhumane. So right from the beginning, I did not want to be a part of that. And I had decided very early on that I wanted my strategy to be a sales strategy. So in my past, I'd had a little bit of telemarketing experience, which I thought made me an expert at all things selling, you know, cause you know how you yeah. are when you're like in your early twenties, you think yeah. you know everything and that, and I certainly thought I knew everything. Well, um, I decided I wanted to take a sales approach. And the thing is that a sales approach did not work. It failed. Um, And you would think right away that like, okay, a debt collector, she wants to sell people on the idea of paying a debt. That should work. That's so much more friendlier than the typical tactics, which is using threats, fear, intimidation, shame, you know, to get the job done. But it failed for two main reasons. And the first was that, My competition, which was the other debt collectors, they were using fear, threats, and intimidation. And the way that our minds are wired, the way that our brains are wired, we have something called negativity bias. Now, Melody, this is very important because what this means is that we're going to have a stronger reaction to negative stimuli than we're going to have for positive stimuli. So when bad things happen to us, that gets our attention more than and stronger than and more impactful than when good things happen to Mm -hmm. us. Okay. So that's just great to just know in general. And then the second reason it didn't work is because it didn't address the real issue. The issue at the foundation is the shame and the unworthiness that people feel just by having a debt in the first place. And so once I figured that out, you know, I remember one day I just looked at the phone and I had this huge aha moment when I said, uh, I want the next person who calls to be happier at the end of the call than they were at the beginning. And that one little question to myself 
was started me on a journey that would change the entire trajectory of the rest of my life. So this was probably in around 2005. And what happened was I went on to create an entire business communication strategy that's called Words That Work. And Words That Work is this strategy for business communications. It works on interpersonal communications as well. That's all designed around neurology, meaning the way that our brains and our body work and function through our nervous system, as well as psychology and neurochemistry. And it changed my business. Like within a year, my revenue went up 34%. Wow. And it changed my life. That's incredible. Thank you. So what did that look like? Like how, I mean, I know you you said you changed the way you talk to people, but did you appeal to them on a human level? Did you say, I'm going to take that shame away from it? Did you take the power out of the debt or like, what did that look like for you? That's such a great question. And thank you for asking. So it developed over a few years, but I'm going to talk more about like, I'm going to give you some specifics. So in case you want to like, give this a try today. Yeah, I'm interested, really. There's actually just three really simple rules and three steps. So the first rule is there's a do not say list. The do not say list is a list of words that we never say, which are no, not, can't, won't, however, and unfortunately. Now, this list of words, if anyone's interested, is also right in the introduction section of my book, which we're giving all of you a link that, um, to a free chapter of the book, so you can, you can um, grab them right out of that free download if you like. So the reason that we don't want to say these words, Melody, is because when we hear these words, what happens is it triggers our freakout center of our nervous system, and what the freakout center is, is the, um, the fight or flight right? Mm, yeah. So now picture this. Think about the last time you called your cell phone company. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm taking a crapshoot here because you could answer either way, but, but were you happier at the end of the call or more frustrated? Usually more frustrated. Yeah. Okay. Like occasionally you have a good experience, but most of the time, you know, and do you know before you even call that you're going to be more frustrated at the end of that call? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So let me just tell you what's happening. When you know you have to call that cell phone, cable company, whoever, your body begins to remember the last time that you had to make these phone calls and you start creating chemicals in your brain that are cortisol and like stress chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. So this is triggering your fight or flight, which means you start to tense up and you start to actually become irrational because you are not pumping blood to the strategic centers of the brain. You're pumping blood to the fight centers, meaning like you're ready to get in a boxing ring with these people, Mm -hmm. even though you're over the phone and there's no like anybody to really fight. It's kind of like this mental thing. So what I found is, and I kind of describe this as an emotional frequency scale. So like as soon as you start to feel that body tense up, as soon as you start to feel those stress, that stress kick in, like you just know you're going to be frustrated or these people are going to be idiots on the phone, Mm -hmm. then that is taking you up this frequency scale of emotions, like, you know, or, or plummeting you down, whichever way you want to look at it, but it's not good. So if you get, you call them up and you ask for something simple and the only thing that you hear them saying is stuff like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that, our policy is, what happens is you're just escalating, 
escalating. You're just getting more and more frustrated. So by eliminating those words, we're eliminating the triggers for our customers to not have to go through that physical experience of fight or flight. Now, they're already going to be in fight or flight when they call you, but if we can eliminate these words, we're going to keep them from getting worse. And then later on, I talk about the words to replace because the, the step or excuse me, rule number two is you have to replace the negative words with words that work. Now, words that work are the phrases and the words that are going to trigger people's confidence in you. You know, have you ever called customer service and you got like that one person on the phone who just made you feel very confident that they were going to get the job done? Yeah, usually it's like a manager. <laughs> but like, you know, that sigh of relief, like you can finally like let go of this. Mm -hmm. You know, like finally someone understands me. Well, yeah. one of the reasons why you go through that is because that person made you feel heard. Yeah. So step, step one in this process is you have to, and this is non-negotiable, but you have to validate what the customer is saying to you. And so, you know, I give very easy to use validation phrases and it's stuff like, you know, I can completely understand or I can appreciate what you're going through. I can see why you're concerned. No matter what the, the, the patient, the customer, whatever, your client, your daughter, your husband, it's just very important to get into that non-negotiable habit of validating what the other person says. Because the way that our brains work is like we have this running list, like a checklist in our mind. And we can't move on until we've checked the box that the other person understands us. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it really works. So like we've eliminated those negative words. We want to replace them with words that work because the words that work are going to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. And this is what builds instant connection. Because let me tell you something, Melody, everything you say Everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every choice you make in the thinnest sliced moments of life is either creating a deeper connection or it's driving a disconnection. Mm, that's so good. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. That, I can't wait to read your book. That sounds so interesting. I'm all about learning about that kind of stuff. So it's almost like you're talking about um, the concept of like mirroring, mirroring conversation and trying to help people feel validated, which you're totally right, completely works and helps people trust you on a much deeper level. So that's great. So how did writing this book come about for you? Oh, that's such a great story. And I feel like, you know, because I am passionate about personal development. So the book is a personal development book. And um, it really started with all of this work that I was already doing on communications anyway, but I expanded it into, because everyone that was taking my workshops was telling me, you know, Mary, this isn't just changing my business. This is changing my life. And so yeah. I, I started doing a little bit of study into why that was happening. And it really became like a very synchronistic, like law of attraction type of journey and a law of attraction type of book, even though there's nothing woo woo about the book and the book does not even contain the words law of attraction. But let's face it, if we don't realize by now that infinite possibilities are available to all of us and that we are literally creating our realities moment by moment with mm -hmm. all of the choices we make. Make, then we're really selling ourselves short as to what we're capable of. But see, the thing is that when we hear the words infinite possibilities, oftentimes we think that that means we reach our highest potential. 
Like that means the good stuff. But the truth mm-hmm. is infinite possibilities means that anything could happen. You know, there's this whole spectrum of the bad, the good, the ugly, the stuff we want, the stuff that we don't want. And what I was really good at was creating what I wanted in life, regardless of the tragedies that I was going through. So regardless of, regardless of my obstacles, I was always able to have this like bounce back factor that people actually became really fascinated with. And as a matter of fact, I was just in a documentary series with a woman from Ireland. Um, She chose 50 thrivers around the world Mm -hmm. and it's called the global resilience resiliency project where she chose 50 people and she wanted to study what were the qualities that led up to their resilience. And so the thing is that like, I knew I had all this knowledge and I knew that I was a powerful manifester, but you know what? The journey to write the book was was super interesting because I was going around and saying to anyone who would listen to me, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. And see, this is really important because words are like a mirror to your mm-hmm. subconscious mind. And when you hear me say the words, I want to write a book, it's like you can see that written on my soul that I have come into this life with a purpose of writing this book and getting this universal knowledge out to the world. But I have a very big problem when the next words out of my mouth are, but I'm not a writer. Because see, those words are also a mirror to my subconscious. And what they're doing is they're revealing that somewhere, somehow in my past, that I've developed a belief system that I don't actually think I'm capable of writing a book. And so it's not about writing though, because don't we all do this? Like I want to write a, I want to start a business, but I don't have the money or I don't have the education or the support or the time or just whatever that may be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So there's ways that we get around that because what we have to do is learn how to break through those barrier beliefs. You know, a lot of people call them limiting beliefs. I call them barriers because it's like they build a brick wall Just like that debt, you know, people who have a debt, it's like it's a brick wall between them and living the life that they want. Well, when you have a barrier belief, it's the same thing. It's like this wall that has been built and and you have to learn how to break through that barrier to get what you want. Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely true. I have seen that happen in my life as well. So that's so interesting. And I, you know, thinking about it now, I've said that I, I've always wanted to write a book. I loved writing as a child, but the older I've gotten, the more I've said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not a good writer. Even though the opposite has been told to me, there's that belief in my brain that like nobody would read it. Nobody would want it. Blah, blah, blah. That's exactly right. And I went through all of that. And let me tell you something. The moment it changes, there's so many ways that you can change your subconscious programming. And for me, and the way that I broke through that particular barrier belief, because we all have more than one, was I invested in myself by going to a writer's workshop. And I went to this writer's workshop in New York at Omega Institute with um, Cheryl Strayed was the teacher. She wrote the the mega best-selling book, Wild, which was turned into- Yeah, I love that book. Yeah, it was turned into a movie starring Reese Witherspoon, and I went to this week-long writer's class. And at the end of the week, when I read my story, I wrote this short story about my daughter who passed away in 1993. It was about my son who's on the autism spectrum and just like what it's like trying to navigate being a lonely single parent 
with a child who has no rule book. And I paralleled that with like my roller coaster journey as an entrepreneur and all of the ups and downs of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And at the end, when I read it to the class, you know, no one laughed at me. No one told me that I wasn't a writer. In fact, people like stood in line to hug me. They were crying. They were so moved by my story and they were making offers for me to like write you know, write for them, for their newsletters, those kind of things. Well, what happened was, see, this is what, this is the, the, the key, that my brain saw the evidence that it needed to start to rewrite that belief. I could plant a new seed of a new belief because when my brain saw the evidence that people liked my writing, what happened is it's an alignment thing because people talk about alignment and alignment means getting your thoughts, your words, your actions, your choices, your behaviors, your beliefs, all moving in the same direction as what you want. And so when I saw this evidence, my, my brain could then change my thoughts. So instead of thinking I'm not a writer, I was now thinking I am a writer. Now that thought could then change my words and then it changes my actions and my choices. And then within seven months, I had a, I had a book deal with Hay House Publishing, which to me was my number one dream publisher on the planet because I am mad, crazy obsessed with Louise Hay. Mm, yeah. Wow. That, that gives me hope that I could have something like that happen for me because, again, it's been a dream, but I've just let that barrier come up against it. And so I'm like, well, now I just got to do it. <laughs> So yeah, you just have to take action anyway. And there's so many different ways, you know, like it doesn't have to be a massive step. Like I feel like I took a pretty drastic step by yeah. taking the writer's workshop, but it doesn't have to be that, you know, there are so many things. It can be a baby step. But one of the things that I always talk about is when you take just one step in a new direction, you open up 10,000 new doors of opportunity in your life. And you don't always know, you know, like you don't always know right here in this moment what the outcome is going to be, but you're just following your intuition, you know, like you, you follow and those little signs that you get, you know, like I happened to be watching Oprah and Brian Weiss was on there talking about past life regression. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I want to learn about that. And it said, oh, he's going to be at Omega Institute. So I looked up Omega Institute and then, you know, it's just like, you know, one little new step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how this podcast was created. I just thought, I'm going to do it. Let's see what happens. And then all these people flooded in who wanted to interview me. And I've gotten to meet and interview people like you. And I've had op opportunities to write for people. And it, you know, yeah, it's just one little action creates a multitude of other actions. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember watching this because I, because I knew you when, when that all went down. So I, I remember watching this happen very quickly for you. Yeah. So Anybody listening, just take an inspired action and watch what the universe has in store for you because it's good stuff. I promise. You know, and it, yeah, because it's not, it's not about writing a book or starting a podcast or whatever. It's about what you need, mm -hmm. you know, whether you want to start a daycare or you want to move across the country or you want to, you want to take a year off and, and travel the world, like eat, pray, love. It's about what you want. And then like, even if you don't know what that barrier belief is, then you can still break through them and 
by taking action anyway. So whenever you're held back by fear, it's like, what is one baby step I can take just to move me in the direction of what I want? Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, what would you say to a woman listening who wants to start her own business or write her own book or whatever she wants to do? What advice would you give her? I mean, if you could just pick one piece. So I'm really, I'm really big on what I call one page action plans. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give you like, um, motivational advice, (laughs) say you got to get to work. So I do this thing called one page action plan. Um, it's actually in the last chapter of my book. And what you do is you take the end result that you're looking for and you're going to reverse engineer it into a one page action plan. And the reason you're going to do this is because like for me, I never sat down and wrote like a big official business plan. I have Mm -hmm. a feeling you probably didn't either, No, but so, because those are kind of like, they're great 20 years ago, but the way that markets change, like if you write a business plan that's meant for the next five years, it won't work because everything's going to be different in five years and we can't predict what's different. But if you can just write a one page action plan, it will be very simple. So if you take that end result, like I want to start a business and you ask yourself, what are six things that need to be true in order to make that business happen? And you just write down bullet points of what came to you. And then you take each one of those bullet points and you write a list of three action items for each one of them. When you get done, you will have a beautiful one page action plan and you can replicate that for anything you want to do. So like, that's just one of the plans. You can write 10 of them. And like I said, that's in the last chapter of my book, but you can just follow those instructions I just gave you and do it on your own. That's such a great piece of advice because I wish I had done that when I first started. (laughs) You know, some of us just fly by the seat of our pants and that's what I did six years ago and I could have used an action list. So it just helps you save time and cut a little bit of drama, you know? So like there's also, I am not knocking running by the seat of your pants because listen, girl, I've done that too. But having an action plan just helps keeping you organized and it keeps you focused because let me tell you something, your power of manifestation comes from empowerment. It comes from focus, like seriously empowerment is one of the, one of the keys, meaning like everything you create from a place of empowerment is going to show up faster, better, longer lasting. And most importantly, it's going to have a huge impact versus what you create from a place of disempowerment, which is weaker. It's stressful and it does not make a big impact. Yeah, that's so, so true. So this has been an amazing conversation. If anybody wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you, where can they find you online? I would love any of your audience to uh, get with me at, um, I have a Facebook group. It's called Fearless Ambition. So you are all welcome to join that if you like. I also have a website, maryshores.com. That's M-A-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E-S. My big ask is if you resonate with what we talked about today, please go on Amazon, check out the book, Conscious Communications by Mary Shores. And I always say like, if you just read the little description there and a handful of 
reviews, you will know right away whether this book is for you or not. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can find all my social media links um, with what we gave Melody and on my website. We also have that really cool uh, download for you guys today, yeah. which is the Daily Desires Diary. And I could talk for a half an hour just on that. But I'll just like leave it a mystery. If you want it, go grab it. It's free. Yeah. And I'll put all of this in the show notes for you guys. Mary, it's been a pleasure. I hope that all of you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Thank you, Melody. It was my pleasure. All right. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.